Hello guys and gals, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about an awesome way to start your free podcast, and I mean free, no catch, no gimmicks. It's totally free, easy to edit, easy to record, and easy to promote and monetize your podcast. It's called Anchor.fm, and I highly recommend you guys and gals, check it out, and start your own podcast, let your voice be heard. And also, don't forget to listen to Wild Dog Podcasts, and tell them that I sent you and that you hear it from me. So you get more people to join Anchor.fm. You will not be disappointed because they will also put your podcast in other platforms and then make it very, very much easier for you. Have a great day, everybody. How you doing, guys and gals? Today I'll be talking about a movie that was sent to me by a fan of my work, and I want to appreciate it and thank you so much. Um... And I, I told him I don't, I don't do shout outs, so I, I hope he hope he understands and he was cool with it. He just wanted me to review this. Um, it's like, this movie's an American giallo, I would say. Very low budget, very independent. Uh, and, it's, and it's called Bloodbath in the House of Knives from 2010. Now, um, first of all, I think about this movie, let me just say it off the back. And usually, I'm, I'm like, when I'm one of those movie reviews, I'm on and off. Is that I'm going to give you my final thoughts at the beginning or after? So I I kind of mix it up, you know. But um, I can tell you one thing. I did enjoy this, you know. Um, like I say, it's a very low-budget, independent horror movie. And it, it kind of like homage to Italian Giallo movies. And you can just tell because of the style of it. If you watch like a lot of Italian Giallo movies, and you can catch a lot of, them, a lot of those reviews from here from my older reviews, from my newer reviews, um, and I was planning on coming back to Jalo, that's one of the genre I need, I need to come back on to, that I pretty much, must miss, uh, must miss, that I, I usually miss, excuse me, um, so I'm glad I was sent a copy of this, so I appreciate it, um, wait, okay, let's get to the point, I mean, I, mean, I did like it, I did like the soundtrack, um, one little nitpick about this for me, and I'll tell you my second nitpick later, um, it's that one of the um, scenes had a heavy metal soundtrack for one scene, and I felt like they should never play that one heavy metal soundtrack. But it kind of takes away my Giallo mood, you know. You know what I'm saying? But besides that, mainly was a lot of Giallo tracks in this, and it kind of picked picked me back up. So I can just mind, I can just take one little point from that, but let it slide. Um, the movie's about these two sisters, right? And they found out that this is killer going around killing their friends from a detective, you know, and, you know, in the beginning part of the movie, you know, before they saw the detective, and again, you know how I mix it up, guys, I'm left and right with scenes, <laughs> sorry about that, you know, it's something you gotta get used to in my DVD movie, but for universe, when I review movies, I'm like, I switch left and right, you know, so, again, forgive me, you know, if anybody's not used to my style, um, but, again, let me just mention the beginning part, um, the sisters are gonna hang out, so the hepatitis, hepatitis one of their friends, and he starts strangling an audience member. I think it was one of the girls' father, if I'm correct. And um, it went out of hand; they had to stop it. And then they start seeing the police detective, start explaining what was going on. And later on, they start finding out one of one of the friends been murdered, killed, and they went to the detective again. He ended up trying to investigate what's going on. By all these killings going around around this one girl, right? 
And the kill scenes in this movie, I, I say it was pretty good. It's like again, it's like one of those Jalo style kill scenes. And those one one um torture scene it kinda makes you wanna cringe. Like kinda makes you wanna like, I can't believe uh, you know. Something new you never I mean it's not new or nothing, but still. I mean like I said, it's independent, so it's kinda like give you that realistic feel, you know, so it's like kinda make, makes you wanna cringe a bit, you know what I'm saying? Um So but I did enjoy the deaths in this movie. Like I said, it's J.L. style, kill scenes, knife stab it, torture scenes. Um, there's nudity in this movie, if you guys want to know. Um, anyway, while this killer going around killing people that's kind of connected to this one girl, um, the, the lead actress in this movie, she kind of looked like a Felicia Rose a little bit. Like, kind of looked like her a little bit, but I kind of have a nitpick with her, because she's like the second nitpick I have in this movie. Now, even though I enjoy all the actors around her, it's just her, the lead actress, it's like, it's like she's like soulless, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like a Christian Stewart type of soulless actress, you know? It's like, you find all these people are dying, but she has no kind of emotion towards it. And when she started having emotions for about two different scenes, I don't want to ruin it, um, it's like, to me, it's like so soulless in a way, like, like, like she has to cry about it or scream about it. You know what I'm saying? How come you didn't, like, scream or cry or worry about it, like, before? You know, like, when you find these people are dying around you, you know? So that was kind of weird, you know? Um, but there's moments with her that I did like, you know? I, so I kind of, like, again, I'll let it slide just a tiny, tiny bit. Um, and then you get to your twist ending, which is kind of, like, right under your nose, and you, know, you start figuring stuff out, and you be like, okay... I think that person's the killer. And again, it's one of those moments when I've seen so many horror movies, especially Giallo movies, so you can pick up on, on these things. Um, the Lloyd Kaufman movie, scene in this movie, excuse me, was pretty good. I liked it, it you know. It, he wasn't too comical or anything. I was surprised. You know, he felt, he felt more real, in, in my opinion, with, this, with the Lloyd Kaufman style to it. So, yeah, even the Lloyd Kaufman death scene, yeah, a little spoiler, the Lord Kaufman that scene in this movie was good too, you know, kind of homage to, to the cheap Italian dialogues that scenes, you know, how, how he died, it was pretty funny, but I, I you know, I mean, how he died, I mean, like, like, trust me, when you see Giallo movies, you guys know what I'm talking about, um, anyway, Bloodbath in the House of Knives, I say definitely check it out, anyway, peace guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, how you doing? Um, I want to be super, super honest and be prepared what I'm about to say, now, there's a lot of horror movies called Blood Rites. Well, I don't know a lot. So far, I, I didn't want IMDb to double check. And there's only a few movies that's called Blood Rites. But the one I'm talking about, see the poster art, it's from 2012. And, um, this movie is horrible. It's caca. It is caca. And, mostly, this movie's about this, these drug dealers, right? And you find out that where a woman was opening up the warehouse for her drug dealer friends to go in. Something happened, the drug deal drug deals and literally went wrong. One of the women got shot and they and one of the drug dealers decided to kidnap some hostages, like like Mormon, like Mormons, pretty much. And um they captured them. And you found these Mormons and they're not like ordinary Mormons. They like praying mumbling gibberish pretty much. While one of the um um, drug dealers getting mad, ready to shoot the old lady, saying, shut the fuck up, pretty much attitude. But the old woman was talking crazy, 
Meanwhile, there's an investigation by these three witches that have been murdered, and the investigation police trying to investigate what's going on. Meanwhile, you got this drug, these drug dealers holding down mom and hostage in the warehouse, trying to figure out what's trying to help help one of their friends from a bu bullet wound, trying to help her out. And um, like mostly, this movie takes place is in the fucking warehouse. It's so fucking annoying, and the characters were annoying. It's like I wanted this movie to be over with already. Like, where's the demon? Just something happens. Do some witchcraft. Do some push him away and stuff. As the movie progressed, progress, you found out that the uh, Mormons that acting all demonic-like, attacking the drug dealers. The drug dealers trying to find a way out, trying to take one of the friends to the hospital. You know, but there was no way out. You know, everybody went down, down the, all the way down. There was no stairs, and it was wondering what, how the fuck this, this is happening. You know, but the movie is so repetitive. To be honest, I didn't finish the movie because it was so caca. It was so fucking caca. It was horrible, and I highly don't recommend it. And once, the only thing when when I before I turn off the this movie, the only thing I see kind of. I see like cheap CGI, like cheap on um, black and white faces, like people having demon heads, like, like it's supposed to be like demon heads, like from a bad, bad PlayStation One video game, like, and the guys shooting them and stuff going crazy. Yeah, I mean everything's just horrible. This fucking movie, what I see so far, and I can't miss it through the through it. I know the movie's like one hour and thirty three minutes when I check on IMDb. I I don't know how long it lasted to be honest with you, but it felt so long when I was watching it. So it, to me, it looked like a movie drags. Anyway, Blood Rights from 2012 and that's your own risk. Hey everyone, how you doing, guys and gals? Today we talk about the movie Bulletproof Monk. Let's just talk about Dragon Ball Evolution. So we got another challenging fat movie. Or in general, Evolution, it was just an appearance though, but still, same thing. Challenging fat there, challenging fat there. But this is one of his fun movies too. And um, he plays a monk that has to protect a scroll. Because it gains like power, you know, and it gives him immortality for 60 years. So, but in the Pulati, the Nazis killed his master, killed the monks. So this monk went on the one for six, 60 years against the against the Nazis. Also, one day he met a pickpocketer played by um, that's played by um that guy from American Pie who plays Stifler. <laughs> yeah, he's the hero of the movie. <laughs> so. The Shallow Monks have seen him doing martial arts and stuff, and the monk believes that he could be the one to pass, to, to pass to protect the scroll and give him like 60 years to become a mortal. Um, meanwhile, he while he's on the run, as the movie progresses later on, he, he will have to fight the Nazi leader. He was 60 years old now. He's old now, but he wants to scroll because he can gain power to become a mortal and use use his mortality to rule the world, pretty much. Well, what will help the monk and the chosen one and the girlfriend of the guy, the, guy, the love interest, they will have to stop the Nazis and stop his evil daughter also, so he won't become immortal. You know, um, all in all, um, I kind of like the friendly, um, like the it's just, it's a family friendly movie though. Anyone can watch this, so I like the interaction with Sean Young Fat and I think his name is Sean William Scott. If not, let's call him Stifler. I like their really, I like their chemistry, because they like, like first it's like you hate me first and you like me, so they're kind of like buddy buddy, you know, like left and right, and I like that attitude. It's, it's fun, you know, it's a fun, fun chemistry between the two. Um, the action scenes I like, 
Um, it's CG, you get CGI action, of course, but I like the action scene. I thought it was very nice. Um, Bulletproof Monk, I said definitely check it out. It's not like violent, like like any of those Chan Yun Fat movies. It's it's more friendly, friendly, um, family friendly, orientated type of movie. Bulletproof Monk. I I will compare it to Dragon Ball Evolution. Let's put it like that. So I said check it out. Anyway, peace, guys. See you later. Guys and gals, how you doing? I'm about to talk about a classic called Children of the Night. And this is a movie I remember growing up on. And I was like on Roku. And I was like, oh, this movie's on there. And I didn't see it for a long time, though. But I remember enjoying it because it has Peter DeLuise. You might remember him as in, in 21 Jump Street. Amy Dultz, Super Cutie Pie. And of course, Cameron Black. Who doesn't love Cameron Black? Gorgeous. Everyone's a vampire I will talk to her. Karen Black, she's pretty. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. She's, she's the milf of horror. The cougar. And I, I think she passed away, though. I hope. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But to, you know what? She's alive and spirit with me. You know? But um, this movie's about this girl to meet her friend. And they're hanging out in the crib. Because they say if you swim across the river, they have like this, this legend thing, like, like a ritual for the town, you cross the sun in the river, you you could wash the dirt of the town away from you, you know, when you're leaving the city. Yes, it's a super tradition, it's a stupid tr- tradition, I would say. Like, why would any kids want to do that? Like, come on. So anyway, the old trust underneath to have a crib. It's full of water, you see dead bodies, and the girl drop a cross down. When she drop a cross, she awakened this vampire. And I'm like, wait a minute, ain't vampires supposed to be scared of crosses? Well, you know what? Just to fast forward, I'm going to let go of the nitpick because I, I enjoy this movie anyway. So, let's forget about the nitpicks. <laughs> anyway, the vampire's awakened. He, he attack a friend. And then, then you get to a scene with the guy teaching a girl. Teaching a girl in the Sunday school, which is played by Peter Luis, the teacher. His friend, who's a priest, starts saying, you gotta come to my place. I gotta show you something. And he starts showing Karen Black and the girl that was been by the vampire. And he, he leaves them locked in to watch them, you know, because he doesn't have the courage to kill them. And Peter Louis' character is saying that you, you gotta, yes, you gotta stay in the hospital. And of course, the priest saying that it won't work. You can't do that because the vampire is pretty obviously gonna get killed. And he mentioned that he's gonna call her friend, but you hear like growling, growling sounds and stuff. So Peter Louis' character decided to go inside the house to check it out. And see the grandmother turn to the vampire, the grandmother of taking care of the go- best friend's go- girl, her friend, you know. So she turned to the vampire, and you realize the girl with the red head, she wasn't bitten from the vampire. So she's like, she was able to escape from that, but she locked herself in because she knew her grandmother was a vampire. But once she, when she, the vampire tried to attack Peter Louise's character, she decided to come out the closet, come out the room, and fight her off pretty much. And Peter Louise's character and the girl would have to... They was about to get out of the town, the, sh- the police officers, so this is not right, so she brings this girl back to the town, and pretty much Peter Louis' character will have to save her again, and pretty much fighting off the vampires of the town. Later on, you find out there's a history behind the lead vampire, the villain, and the town's history. Meanwhile, the female heroine of the movie, her best friend was the vampire, was that she was able to, the priest decided he fell under it under seduction of her mom, the vampire mom, and when she was bitten, when she bit him, she was able to walk downstairs and kill her mom with the stake, and she decided to leave the town and try to visit her friend, 
from the town where she visited her and tell her, you know what, you gotta help me to kill the to kill the evil vampire master and free the children to help us stop this vampire. And so she could be free and the townspeople could free, be free from the curse. And Peter Louis' character and with the help of the with um Gavison, the guy when you see his face you can know who he is. So they're working together to save the girl and battle the evil vampire pretty much. All in all, this movie was good. I, I liked it, you know. It was horror, it was comedy. But the comedy wasn't like one of those over-the-top comedy. It was like, like, comedy that's realistic, like, for this, for this world, in the real world, how comedy is. But it wasn't not to be taken seriously or nothing. Uh, there are deaths. They're pretty gory, some gory scenes in this movie, I would say. But Children of the Night, I highly enjoyed it. It's, this is a movie that will take you back in time. And I feel like it's really good, in my opinion. Peace, guys, and see you later. Come on, we'll Blood Harvest, all the way from Northern Ireland. And this movie is about this police detective going after these killers. You know, they like to torture and just kill their victims pretty much. Um, the kill scenes are pretty good, pretty, pretty gory and stuff, realistic. Like, uh, I guess because of the budget they were working with, but but it's pretty realistic, you know, how the kill scenes work. Um, it's almost a simple tale. I mean, I can't go nothing too fancy with it. I mean, detective like I say stopping kills and they wear like these helmets and then for fast watch the movie you twist and in who the killers are and stuff um Lord Harvest it's an enjoyable watch very low budget but the kills are definitely realistic like so I definitely highly recommend you to check it out if you're into that type of stuff um to me I kind of like the special effects it's very old school so yeah it's a decent watch you know so check it out I feel like the death scenes are good in this movie. I feel like the, the 
style of this movie was good. Um, and, I, and I like it, you know. I, I like the horror in this. Um, but from 2005, I say definitely check it out. I, I To this day, I feel like it's so underrated. And I, I know a lot of people don't appreciate this movie. Maybe, maybe I can find a few fans left, maybe, that likes this movie besides me. But I hope, I hope, I hope there are people that do like it. I, I, I'm telling you, man, this is the month of October. If you want a Halloween theme movie, booze right up your alley. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals, what's up? Today we're talking about a movie called Bleeding Hearts. A movie that I really enjoyed, man. I mean, it was a good horror movie, man. Yeah, it's, you can say comedy, but I'll take it as a horror, man, because it was good. And, uh, you know, you usually see movies when, how guys kidnap women, they torture them, they molest them and stuff. But you never see the women's side of it. You know, very rare you'll see the women's side of it. Bleeding Hearts, fill in that gap for you. What if women kidnap guys and give them that treatment? You know, what you see those other horror movies where the guys do it to the females. Well, anyway, you got these good-looking sisters, beautiful sisters in the town. They're, like, respected among the community. Later on, they start seducing each guys, they start poisoning them, and kidnap them and put them into a theater. All these women are super good looking, great bodies, totally nudity, yeah, nudity, yeah! Who doesn't love nakedness in, in their horror movies? Who, who doesn't love nakedness in general? I mean, come on! So anyway, these three pretty girls, man, each with their own personalities, will torture these guys, will molest them, yeah, they molest them. But these guys will not be enjoying it because they will get tortured anyway. And and meanwhile, in between, you have the guy from Saved by the Bell, Screech, you know, who's in this movie, played a guy who got stuck in the town, but he got car problems. But later, he started finding out some s stories about the town of, of men disappearing once a year, certain type of guys, like different guys. So he started doing his documentaries, trying to interview people and want to know how these men are disappearing and he started figuring out that it could be these females and sisters of the town and meanwhile you know you also find out later there's also a twist ending to it that they are getting helped behind the scenes because these sisters cannot be working alone now by the way I mean come on but all in all this movie was good really enjoyed it highly recommend this one definitely check it out peace guys and see you later Guys and gals, what's up? How you doing? Today we talk about the movie Better Watch Out. And when I first saw the trails for it, it, it kind of reminded me, I thought it would be like Home Alone with the kid and the babysitter fighting the home invaders, but it's like the opposite of that. Um, the movie starts off with this kid, by the way, this movie will contain spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not seen it, then don't watch this review. The kid and his best friend, you know, chilling, having fun, and, you know, Playing video game and the kid, this kid is talking about how he, he wants to get with this babysitter that he's infatuated with. Uh, and then you find out the babysitter comes in, she has her problems, and of course the 12 year old kid, she's babysitting, trying to get with her, but she's not interested. And um, as the movie progresses, you find out there's like a home invader, like a, like you think the movie will become like a somewhat a slasher, that somebody's trying to get to the house, her and the babysitter will have to hide out the house. You know, trying to survive a little bit without not being caught. Later on, you find out that the person that was in the house was the guy's best friend. The babysitter's best friend. I mean, excuse me, the, the person she's babysitting with is best friend. 
and there was an actor that was playing a game with her trying to scare her so the guy could get with the babysitter and the babysitter got mad at him. She better like walk out and then suddenly the movie kind of turned, kind of changed pace because the 12 year old baby boy that, that she was babysitting with knocked her unconscious with a gun. So she, so he ended up tying her up. Her, the babysitter and the babysitter's, I mean, excuse me, the, bo the boy she's babysitting with and his best friend was in on the act. So he decided to like play games, uh, like torture her a little bit, you know. And um, it was like, oh shit. So I said to myself, this is like a hostage movie. Like, you know, you, you actually think it was going to be like her ex boyfriend trying to kill her or something. And when you see the trails, what it looked like to me. But it was really the, the kid that was evil all this time. So he was just playing mind games with her and get and text her boyfriends to come over. So he would torture and like kill them pretty much. Um, all in all, these, these movies are nothing new. The only thing that was a surprise to me was that I didn't think the, the babysitter, the kid that the, ba the babysitter is babysitting for, the 12-year-old boy, I didn't think he was going to be the main villain in the movie, you know? And uh, the boy's best friend, right? He, he wasn't he, he was in, in on the act, but there were certain things that he was doing that was overboard. So he kind of questioned him a bit, you know? But all in all, I, I thought this movie was alright, to be honest with you. Nothing new, but only thing, like I said, only thing that surprised me was the, was the kid was the villain in the movie. He was the main villain after all, you know? So, um, all in all, I thought it was a decent one. I thought it was alright. But if you expect anything different than what you see in any of these type of movies, um, pretty much there's no difference, you know? Same you've seen before. Some movie might go over the top with it. Some movie might be like middle in the mid range like this, where when the kid is a villain in a, in a horror movie. But um, if you want to see something crazy with kids going on a killing spree and stuff, or want to torture adults or young adults, check out this trauma movie called um, Children the Way I Play or something. Or Children Don't Play. It was a, it was a horror movie from trauma with these fellow kids, you know killing adults, you know, that was a really good one, that I can recommend, but this was alright, man, but I said check it out anyway, peace guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, I'm going to be talking about another documentary called Beast of the Bible, and this one was really, really freaking good, um, it's about the Bible, and about the monsters that you read about, and what scientists want to do in this documentary, and is well again, this wonderful narration, by the way, um, about do these beasts really exist and they compare these beasts to modern day animals or are they related or do they exist in this time and ever and um this is a great documentary I like how to see these different beasts like the snake like like the garden of Eden for example Moses about the crocodile is it really a crocodile or was it some kind of other monster you know Leviathan and so on and I like how they put two to two together and it's very well executed. I highly recommend this documentary. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Today I'll be talking about a found footage POV movie called Bad Kitties from 2013. Um, let me just say, this is definitely not a horror movie. Let's just say we see Dr. Phil and that Dana, Diana, but goalie ca character. If, I don't know if she's a character or what, whatever she is. Um, this is like, think of her with four versions of her in this one document, this mock, this um, found footage style movie. This is like Dr. Phil Murray Povey's dream show, dream episode right here. Um, the movie's about 
these troubled teenage girls, you know, like to flim themselves, you know. And it starts with this lead female with the blonde, um, I think her name's Taylor. And it starts out with her being a baby, and it's like she starts growing up. How cute and innocent she is, she was being a girl. And her friend is like a bad influence on her, and then... Then she has four more friends, and they start hanging out. They see, like, when she disrespects her mom. Yeah, stuff you see from a talk show. Um, they start partying, doing drugs, making trouble, like, messing people's houses, you know. Doing a lot of crazy shit, pretty much. And you got one of the friends who have her sisters hanging out with her. And they start doing bad stuff with her sister, man. Like, it's, it's, it's weird, man. I don't want to ruin this movie way too much, but... It's it's crazy though, man. And then, at the end of the doc, at, at end of this final footage movie, kind of leads up to a bad situation with one of the friends. And yeah, it's this movie is it's crazy. It is, it is one bad. It's like watching an episode of of a talk show from Doctor Phil Murray Povich, like how these crazy girls be all how they are, how they disrespect the people and community. You know, it's it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> and bad kitties. Check it out if you want to. Uh, yeah, definitely is a trial and error in this one. <laughs> Peace, guys. I'll see you later. We talk about the movie Back Road from 2012. And this movie is more like a crime drama thriller. And, of course, you have horror in it. But it's not like one of those fast-paced horror movies. So it's heavily on drama. But to me, to be honest, I feel like the acting is really good in this movie. And the villain in this movie, he kind of plays his role real well that he's such an asshole and a jerk. That you gotta like the villain because, he, like I said, the actor was good playing this character. And mainly, this this movie is about this guy, right? And he's the son of a judge of the town, and you find out the judge passed away. But um, you, you and you see flashbacks of how he passed away, and you also see another side of the story, which I assume is his mother. You know, it was kind of creepy. I, I think I, I know what was going on in this movie about his flashback, about his history, how, how he really is. But I, I don't want to get too much details, but still, it felt kind of creepy and ill. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you look at this movie, you understand why, why I would say that. But the movie's about, like I say, it's about the son of the judge. He's a real asshole. And also, he's like a serial killer in a way because he will kidnap women and torture them. But you don't see it in detail. It's pretty obvious when one of the women gets captured in the flashback scene, and you realize you see her stuck in the barn, captured, all tied up. So you know it was you know it's from him. And of course later on, she witnessed a dead body. Of course he killed the woman. Of course it makes him to me pretty obvious the guy was a serial killer. Meanwhile, like when this is excuse me, even before that scene when he walks to walks on the road, he gets picked up by. He hitchhiked for a ride, he's picked up by this guy, right, and he looks kind of weird and odd, like, he have his own agenda, which you could tell, so he's driving this hitchhiker who's, like I say, the son of the judge, and he's also, he's a serial killer, so you got this weird, crazy guy, the driver, and of course, you got him in the car together, and they start talking and saying that, uh, when the other guy say, you know what, I could judge you, you look like the kind of guy that could work in my operation, and there's a reason why he would say that, um... This is when he's more like the supernatural element of the movie. Like I said, I won't get into details, but I can tell you he's more supernatural element, and he will pay, and he will pay for the climax for the end of this movie. Like he will give you the attention that you want, guys. Like he is the true horror element of this movie. But again, you won't see him in full detail until you get towards the end. 
But anyway, when the villain, when the civil killer villain told the guy, the driver, the joke, he wasn't laughing, so he kind of killed him and beat the shit out of him and takes his car for a ride. And, you know, one of the ladies that escaped his hostage, him in the, when she was hostage in the barn, capturing the barn, she was able to escape, but calm as a bitch, that guy actually caught up with her in front of the road and killed her pretty much and put her in the back seat of the trunk. Um, I, I wonder if we went too much, but there's a lot of shit going on in this movie, I can tell you that. But back row, um, if you're into drama, crime, and of course a little bit of the horror elements, I say check this movie out, because I think to me, to me, in my opinion, the acting is good, especially the lead villain, I think you'll give him a chance as being a likable villain, so I say check it out, back row from 2012. Alright guys, today I'll be talking about the movie Anna, and guys, don't be fooled by the false advertisement from this movie. This movie is not full-blown horror, it's more comedy horror, and I'm not saying horror comedy, it's more comedy horror, comedy, when I mean comedy horror, than horror comedy, it's comedy over the horror, and, um, the movie's are these two wannabe paranormal investigators, and, um, they want to do, like, this joke video, you know, at first they started doing this as a joke, and they interviewing this woman about her experience with this paranormal doll named Anna. Now this doll is a shitty ass doll, man. I know I said what pretty college girl want a doll like that, you know? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, for some reason she she survived Anna, and you find out that the doll is like in a museum, kind of like the Wong's museum, because the guy that owns the museum introducing the doll to these two two college guys. Well, yeah, I would say college guys. They look like college bros, and um, they decided to take the doll because. The guy didn't want the doll leaving outside the museum, so they decided to take it and replace it with a stupid foam cup with two eyes. I kid you not. So, so I'll be saying to myself, why the guy didn't report these two guys, you know what I'm saying, that own the museum? Well, he never did. So anyway, the guys decided to put the museum in this bandit, like, building-like and conduct the experiments. Now, the supernatural elements in, the, in this movie is crap. And even though later in the movie you find out what the doll really wants, you know, when the guys have to survive against this doll and and it's and a comedy it's this this movie is a stupid stupid comedy. It's just heavy in comedy with how the guys interact. And it's not like slapstick or spoof comedy. It's more like a grounded comedy, which I liked it, but to me to be honest, this doesn't work in this movie, in my opinion. You know. But anyway, besides that, it's like they decided to hold an advertisement to see if they could they have, they have to hire women, and you find out the doll wants females. That's the only time that doll will be active. So once the doll gets females, they start the doll will start killing the females and possess one of the women that happen to be a witch. And the guys have to survive against the witch woman. And then, I mean, I won't say too much because this is a new movie, but to be honest, this movie is just oh my god, it's just horrible. It's, to be honest, like, like, let me tell you something, I can enjoy a good comedy horror, or horror comedy, if it's done well, you know what I'm saying? Like Wolf Cop, for example, that's a good comedy, horror comedy, you know? Or whatever, um, Vamps, another good, it's horror, but with horror comedy in it, how the two guys act, you know? When he brings his friends to a strip club, like, because you have the horror elements, but you have the comedy in it also, you know? Those are like good horror comedy, you know? But this movie is just bad at it, you know. 
um, and the 2017, and of course it's pretty obvious they're spoofing on the on Annabelle on the Annabelle movie pretty much. Um, to be honest, I mean I won't say don't see it, you know. I mean I won't, cause I know people work hard in movies and stuff, but it's like to be honest, try it ever. You take your risk if you wanna if you wanna see it and judge for yourself. Peace, guys, and see you later. What's up, guys and gals? Today I'll be reviewing a movie called American Mummy. This movie was released on 2000. No, this movie, I think it came out, was done like 2014, but had like a Blu ray DVD release in 2017. So we could count it as a new movie then. Because, you know, when you do movies, bef like old movies, like it's kind of like hard to get in production value and stuff, like put it in Blu ray. It takes time, you know? It doesn't take right away unless you have a lot of money in your budget to pull it off. So, yeah, so. I you gotta count as 2017, and this is an independent movie. Um, so that's another reason why movies like this take a while, or take long, just to be on the Blue and DVD format, you know. But besides that, um, American Mummy, um, I, I kind of like it because it kind of takes me back to, like, the 80s, that, that 80s horror movie, Scalp, which, which was about these archaeologists in a Native Indian territory trying to discover their, like, bones or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So it, and I like that movie, you know, and American Mummy kind of reminds me of that movie, kind of reminds me of that feel of it. So I really did enjoy it, and I definitely love the music in this movie, like the soundtrack for it. Whoever did the music for this movie was really good, man, I really felt it. it had that grindhouse style feel to it, like, like it's like something you could hear from, it's, it's that type of music you hear in the grindhouse, grindhouse music, I would say. You know, very unique, very stylish, I, I, I like it, you know. Um... The movie's about this Aztec guy, right? And he's buried, like, inside a cave. Which you can tell from the storyline, when, when they start talking about him, you know, when one of the archaeologists later on in the movie, and he's buried underneath a mask. Um, you have a prelude where one of the archaeologists, archaeologists' boyfriend died. And, you know, like, like a year later, I would say, you know, you got the archaeologist team, um, you know, in Mexico, you know, look, looking for bones or, you know, whatever, you know, anything that's the history, you know, pretty much. Um, one of the women that was really into this, like, was heavy into it, she read a codex book about it, about the Aztec guy that sacrificed, and she wanted to, well, I hope one of the guys, she went inside a cave, she started, like, performing blood rituals, pretty much, pretty much, kind of, kind of like, Bring the mummy in back to life, but in a way, the mummy doesn't come from the ground, like, like out of the like the bones. It's not like, like a zombie mummy or anything. Like the zombie will possess an individual, kind of like Evil Dead style, and then once the mummy trying to like affect you, uh, like from blood or trying to kiss you or whatever, then you end up becoming possessed by the mummy spirit, you know, and you start and the person start acting like like a savage, you know, start going crazy and stuff. Um, some surviving archivists will have to kill them one by one, um, against the affected, affected, um, zombies, affected zombie, like, I would say. Um, all in all, um, I like the movie, you know, I mean, you do have you know, a lot of talking in it, but, like I say, you saw the scalp move from the 80s, like, with that style, it's same, it's pretty much like the same movie, I would say, you know. And of course, you have a funny twist ending with one of the with one of the guys that he's like a scientist. He's the scientist guy, but he's kind of sneaky at the same time. Um, I don't know, American movie. I said definitely check it out. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, if I enjoy scalps, I enjoy this movie. 
So definitely without a doubt. Anyway, peace guys and see you later. Hey guys and girls, um, I'll be reviewing a movie called American Ghost Hunter from 2010. And um, let me just say, um, that this is going to be kind of hard for me just to talk about because it's either you're going to like this movie or you don't going to like this movie. To me, I'm going to say I like it only because I'm into paranormal shows and one of my favorite paranormal experts is in this movie, you know. No, not Lorraine Warren. Respect what she did, but there's some things that I didn't like what she does. The Warrens, how they operate. That's a personal thing I have. But I do like Ryan, because Ryan was from um, that show, um, Paranormal State. I think that was a show back in A&E or AMC back in the days. It was like, I think, he, I think his segment of the show lasted for three seasons, if I'm corrected. And I think season four and five went with a different route. Ever since that day, I stopped watching that show. But American Ghost Hunter is about this guy, his film crew, Ryan is part of his film crew, and they do like this documentary style. And think of it, think of this as a movie version of the TV show. Let's put it like that. That's why I consider this movie to be. And one of the guy, um, he had this history about that his family been cursed by hauntings. And he needs to find out, like, what what had happened and how they could put a stop to it. And that's when him and his film crew will have to find out the mystery behind it, the investigation, interviewing people, him and his family, and so on. It's pretty much like watching the TV show, pretty much. Just like a movie version of it, that's all it is. Um, a lot of people say this is kind of boring. But again, it's either you like it or you hate it. Like to be honest, I think if you're a fan of the of the paranormal TV shows, like the, from what you see from Destination America or Paranormal State, then I would say this is probably right up your alley. Anyway, American Ghost Hunter, give it a chance. Um, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, how you doing? All right, I want to breathe in and out, in and out, because. Lately, every time I review a new movie, right, a lot of you directors and a lot of you producers, a lot of you people behind the movie are getting pissed off at me, telling YouTube to give me a strike, okay? Because you're pissed off because when I see a bad movie, in my opinion, and I go on a rant or be cursing a storm, you decide that, oh, I'm verbally abusing your work. As a movie fan, not a critic, as a fan of movies in any genre, not just horror, I have every right to express my opinion. Okay? Every right. So, I'm going to be careful how I do this review, guys and gals. Alright, we are going to talk about a movie called Alta. From 2017, there's not a movie called Alta, Alta, excuse me. But this is a 2017 movie came out a few months ago where I did my research on. And, um, believe it or not, guess what? I was actually told to review this movie by one of your team members. I will not say who. So, I'm gonna be fair, you know? Okay. I did fall asleep on this movie. So I had to watch it a second time around. The movie's about these young adults... And you got a sister with her brother, 
use his camcorder, like his camcorder, like his camera, doing the video footage work, right? This movie also had a pre prelude, which I feel like the prelude did not make no sense to me. It's like, if you're going to build up a horror found footage movie, preludes are not good to have, okay? By the, by the way, this is a construct, construct, constructive, what, criticism, I would say, or just a simple opinion. That's all it is. Right, like the prelude had these two honeymoon couples. Uh, they are warned not to go hiking in, in the night. They stumble upon this woman worshiping in an altar, and she gets killed by the guy that's warning the couple. And then the couple end up getting killed. And right off the bat, we get the title altar. All right, and now we go fa fast forward as the scene I'm mentioning now with the sister talking about having fun in the camping trip with her friends. With the brother going with her, with the with the camera, you know, the camcorder, whatever. What you call it, GoPro? Because I think he had it on his head. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Cause like I said, I fell asleep. Okay. And they go with the with their friends to the camping trip. They meet up with the guy with the axe that killed the two couples in the beginning of the movie. And they still going on the camping trip. Now this scene. With them mingling, have drinking beer, having fun, camping, whatever. Lasted for a freaking one hour time limit. Up to, well, minus the prelude, I would say, okay. Okay, 50 minutes, let's go with 50 minutes. But damn, that's a pretty long time for some shit going on. Excuse me, if you find the word shit, a bad word, people behind the movie, I apologize. Please do not take it seriously. Okay. Damn, it's a long time for something to happen. But when they went out, when one of their friends was like dying or missing, they had to go to deeper, deeper back into the forest where the altar is, and all those fancy blue lights. I don't know what the hell, what kind of cheap ass altar they have, and that blue light is, is that is that one of those blue Christmas lights you buy at the ninety nine cent store? Oh, even the freaking altar looked like a Hollywood decoration from a ninety nine cent store. In the hood, I mean. Are you wrapping around? I'm like, okay, fine. Okay. I'm trying not to go crazy. I'm trying my best. Okay, it's an independent horror movie. You gotta work what you got. You gotta work what you got. Understand. Okay, fine. I, I probably have done the same thing, role fairness, you know. I, I did I did a, my own horror movie, and I deleted it. Thank God it was so horrible. When I, when I cut out Paper Demons, yeah, it's really stupid. Yeah, you know, but yeah, trust me, it's really stupid. So, anyway, it's like one of those moments where someone gets possessed, they end up getting killed, you know? I I felt like, in my opinion, this movie would have been kind of a little bit better, a little bit better, if you cut out the mingling, like, within 15 minutes mark, and I would say... At least 35 minutes to get to know the characters. And after that, at least I'll give you the extra 5 minutes to know the characters. Because it only takes you 30 minutes for a for something to happen in a movie to get to your point. But it did not. So if they had cut out most of this minutes and concentrate on people being possessed and killing one each other in different ways, at least that. I think I'm going to enjoy this movie much more. I, I would say my opinion. And again, I'm not saying all Fun Fudge Horror movies are bad. There's a lot I actually enjoyed, believe it or not. 
You know, and yeah, you get you a few bad ones and a few okay ones. But Ulta, this this movie's not so good, you know, to be honest with you. But I feel like it could have been better if they cut down those mingling minutes most most of the time and adding the adding the fast paced horror. You know, I mean, it's it's a five forty horror movie about people in the woods. I mean, come on, you can be fast paced with this. I mean, it's not difficult. Alright, so this is my review of Alta. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, again, this is this is just an opinion. You know, again, I, I I say not I say not see it. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is one of those like I say, I, I usually don't say don't see a movie, but how about I'm gonna say like I say, I'm gonna say don't see it, but judge for yourself. You know, go go see it but judge for yourself. Okay? Anyway, like I said, peace guys and see you later. Alligator 2, I remember reviewing the first movie when I started out doing this DVD movie, but forever. And I enjoyed the first movie. I, I even grew up around it, even before I reviewed it. So we did it with Alligator Part 1. When a little girl goes through the alligator in the toilet, and the alligator group bigs attacking people, especially the wedding scene. That shit was priceless. Now, 10 years later, they did Alligator 2 The Mutation. Wow. Um, the movie is about this. The feeling this movie is really like a, a landowner, pretty much, that wanted to buy people's houses, trying to buy them off, dumping chemicals, and of course, that's how the alligator was born, being a giant-sized alligator. But I don't think this alligator is big enough, man. I think this is like an average-sized alligator to me, because an alligator one, if I remember, that, that alligator was really fucking big, man. It even broke down the streets, if I remember. This alligator too, this alligator wasn't big. It was like it was like a regular size alligator you see in the documentary channels and shit like that. Animal Planet alliga alligator. I was like, damn. When I was a kid watching Part Two. I thought it was all all that, but after realizing it, to be honest with you, I just thought to me this movie's just all right. You know. Later, uh, as the movie progresses, we get the police officer, and you go recognize this guy's face. I got his name, but you gotta recognize him. He's been he been a lot on a lot of stuff, and um. He's, he's like this cop, he got a nickname named Solo Lobo, like a Solo Wolf, you know, like, I guess that's his nickname. He's like friends, he's like popular among his community, people like him. He's a likable cop, you know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, you get the alligator that's gonna kill people, and, and but the thing is, this movie is like, to me, like, 85% more drama talking than alligator action, you know? Because you want to see the alligators kill more people, you know what I'm saying? Because mainly the movie's about this cop trying to investigate how this, about stopping this land land guy, like the villain who owns real estate and stuff. Because he knows he's fishy and stuff, like he's sneaky. And you also got the mayor's daughter, you know, trying to tell her dad, you know, don't be hanging out with these, this guy, you know. Because the mayor was forced to work with the evil real estate guy, you know. Because um, he was scared of him, pretty much. But as the movie progressed, you know, you got the alligators that needs to be stopped. You got the evil real estate guy that needs to be stopped. You know, um, and then you also got another character like this rookie cop that he's gonna have a love story with the mayor's daughter. So you got like drama with this stuff, you know. But again, as just to cut to the chase, um, later on, you know, the alligators becoming a problem. They hire these hunters, played by Mitchell Lynch's character, and his hunters will go down trying to stop the alligator. It was a complete fail. Um, Richard Lynch Capital would have to work with the lead hero of the movie, the lead cop, to stop the alligator. 
and there's a scene where the alligator escapes, you know, start attacking people in the fair, you know. I mean, it wasn't like all that, though, unless I'm missing something. You know, maybe there's a scenes. I think there's DD scenes in this movie, I'm corrected from a from another cut from this movie, but still, to me, Alligator Part 1 was way better than Alligator Part 2, to be honest with you. But anyway, we get to the finale when, you know, when the guy will have to, when the survivor will have to stop the alligator with a rocket launcher, and you can take a you can take a while, guess what happens there. Um, no twist ending, though, which was a surprise. I was thinking maybe Alligator X, maybe, but nah, they didn't show that. Um, Alligator 2, I, actually, seeing it now, then when I see it before, I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent watch, or I thought it was okay, you know, but again, Part 1 was way better, to be honest with you. Anyway, peace, got, peace out, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Today we talk about a movie called All Souls Day, and this is a movie I saw before. Um, I think this came out in 2005. I mean, I thought this came out in the early 2000, but this is another movie I actually rented on video cassette back in the days. Unless maybe DVD. Well, anyway, this is a pretty old movie in my opinion, for for modern day horror from the mid 2000s ever. But I highly enjoyed it, man. I've been enjoying Mexican horror. I mean, with the Mexican theme to it, I mean, that you're definitely gonna love this one. Um, this movie had like two pre prequels before you get to the present age. One, it shows you like Danny Trejo's character. He plays like a land baron, and he killed his own townspeople in the mind. Um, there's a backstory with it, of course. Of course, I'm not gonna ruin too much because even though this is an old movie, it's one of those movies that I really enjoyed, and I don't want to ruin it for you guys. And then you get to another prequel after this, where you get a bunch of tourists. With the dad played by Jeffrey Combs. This was like 1950 or 1952. Was to come to the town, and later you find out that this boy is like possessed in a way. The, the brother of the family, the brother of the sister, and and then the sister gets scared of her own brother. She runs out and she see all these townspeople like they like zombie like, and they're killing her. And of course, I mean, of course, there were zombies, but still. Um, after that, then we get to the present age, and we start seeing stuff going around the town with these two couples. Stumble upon the town, they saw this woman running away, her mouth all, like, like, sold out like, like she can't speak. And the sheriff is taking her back to the, and put her in the jail. And you've been wondering why he's doing that. And you get the two couples in the hotel, drinking the wine, and start, they feel drunk and stuff, but they realize that there's not right about this hotel, um, later on you find out that the sheriff happens to be the little boy who was the brother of the sister in the second prequel of this movie, who grows up, because the sheriff's town, he told the woman in jail that you gotta be sacrificed, because they need a Mexican pretty much, to keep them at bay, which I, which is pretty obvious, the zombies, to keep them at bay, so, while the one's being sacrificed, she, she decided to kill herself, so I didn't need another Mexican to be the sacrifice, and they found out that the girl in the town that was in the hotel, she's Mexican, so, yeah, it's kind of funny, right, I know. So the sheriff and the people that was living in the town that survived, like, they're still living in the town, were in, in, into the, they were in on the act, so they want to sacrifice this girl. Meanwhile, her boyfriend saved her just in time, and because of, because of that, because of her not being sacrificed, guess what, the zombies are coming back out of the mine, and they're going to kill the people to kill the people in the town pretty much and the younger, these young adults have to survive you know and battle them out 
and trying to find a way to stop this curse of the town also. Um, all in all, all souls that I really enjoyed it. Um, I do like Mexican themed horror, so it's something that I'm really into. So definitely highly recommend this one. Anyway, peace guys and see you later. Called Alien vs. Zombies, and this is a comedy horror adventure movie, I would say, you know, action adventure-ish type of movie. And it, this movie feels almost like a troll movie with the sense of humor they put in this movie. That's what it feels like to me. It's about this alien that landed on planet Earth, wanted want to enjoy other cultures, and, but he realized Earth is not what it used to be. It looks different from the picture. And then he starts walking around and starts seeing these zombies, dead people, but he didn't throw up them as zombies. He thought they were alive. And there's so much sense of humor how he acts around the zombies and stuff. But he was saved by this little girl that shoot the zombies. And the girl starts explaining what's going on in this world to the alien. And the alien's like sad and disappointed by what happened to the, to the earth. And then he went to one of the dead bodies to see what this dead body last remembered when it was alive. And then he realized something that he can't believe it, you know. And he starts telling the little girl, you know what. I'm gonna go go back in time, you know. So he saw one of the zombies coming at him, and he used that zombie to go back in time. And his mission is to go back in time when Earth was normal and stop this virus before it leaks out. So, but when the zombie that he possessed to go back in time, he ended up looking like that zombie when he was alive at the time, you know, before the before he became a zombie. And then he has the ability to, to go to different bodies. To look different and stuff, and you know, with help of people, he, he was able to battle zombies and stuff like that. And try to, and he's going to try to save save the Earth, you know, so the Earth could be normal again in the future. Besides that, all in all, I'm going to move too much, but I thought this was a fun movie. I, I really enjoyed the comedy, which I was surprised. And it felt, like I said, it felt almost like a trauma movie to me. But if you see trauma movement, how that sense, how that in the comedy with the sense of humor elements and the horror, I, they don't take it seriously. That's how this movie is, you know. So I highly recommend it, guys and, guys and gals. Hey guys and gals, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about a little bit about the movie Alien Exorcism. I kid you not, that is the most unique title for a movie. Well, one of the most unique titles for a movie in general. This is a sci-fi drama. Man, a little bit of horror, I will add a little bit of horror. Um, about the scientist, right? And he has this theory, right? That aliens want your soul. That's what they abduct humans, you know, because aliens cannot have a soul. So, they, so that's the reason why. And it tells a story of this. I have this doctor, and they also have this patient that the doctor has to deal with. That she's pregnant with the alien baby. Yes, <laughs> and I, it's nothing new with the alien baby, but the thing with aliens that want your soul, I think that's kind of unique because. I never heard of a, a, any sci-fi or horror movie that aliens want humans for their soul. You know, that's the reason why they abduct them and stuff. You, you have to see this movie to leave it, man. I mean, it's it's really odd though. But I don't know. I think um, one of this movie was done in a different country, like in Italy, because or because when you the acting is not good because it was dubbed the voices dubbed over with English voices, which you pretty obviously could tell. You know, and I'm like, that's kind of freaking weird, man. I always hate that. If you're gonna double voice English, do a good job executing it. Cause lately, I see a few movies with this now, and it's not doing a good job. You know, I already see those kung fu movies dub English, which does better than this one. 
when it comes to the dubbing. So my opinion, I mean, I saw this on online streaming for free, you know, which was legal, by the way. So that's the only reason why I was able to see this movie. But if you own the DVD, put it on subtitle. That's all I can say. Alien Exorcism, I say check it out. And I think it's an odd watch. But it's still a decent movie to watch. You know, it's not bad or anything, but it's not great at the same time. Hey guys and gals, today I'll be talking about a movie called Adeline for 2015. And this movie is, isn't for everyone, but let me tell you something. I like this, man. It's it's a slow pace, but it's, it's like it gets to this point towards the end. Again, it's nothing new, nothing original, but hey, what are all movies original these days? You know what I'm saying? Very rarely, you know, in this era. But the only thing you could do now is just enjoy it for what it is, if you like the movie or not. Um, analyze about this girl, I mean this woman, excuse me, she ain't no girl, she's a woman, and she finds out she inherited this house from her aunt who passed away, and when she goes to the house, she starts seeing, like, ghostly image of this woman, and when she conducts her, her investigation, she starts to find out that this woman used to live in this house, you know, she had a history with her sisters, and her father, you know, like, they think she's a witch, and it's like, one thing leads to another, you know, uh, as the ghost out wondering what's going on, she meets this guy named Marvin. Like he's like the sl slow guy around the town that likes to walk around and it's all, be all curious. She ended up being friends with him, and she also met this guy, a neighbor who's like he's a carpenter. But you know what? He has this mystery around him, and you know what? Even though this movie's predictable and you can pick up on it right away, but still, like I say, I mean, nothing's original these days. And like I say, I enjoy the movie anyway. So, once the movie starts picking up, you know, and you find out who this guy really is and what he really wants with this woman who inherited the house, who, who owned the house, excuse me. Um, and and this person also, well, my, my, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. You find out this person starts killing people uh, who, who gets to the gets to this woman's business, you know. And there's a reason why he was doing it, you know. Um, Adeline for 2015 is a drama supernatural movie. It's, a, it's more drama, but, you know, it picks up towards the end. And I did like the ending. It was a nice ending at least. You know, it's not a downbeat ending. So, kind of let it slide. So, Adeline, I said give it a chance. Um, you might like it. Maybe, you know. Um, peace out. I'll see you later, guys and gals. Hey, guys and gals. So, I'll be talking about the movie Abandoned Mind from 2013. And this one was about, take a guess, Halloween Day. These young adults want to go out party, have fun. One of their friends said we're going to a mine, and until they find out that the mine they're going to is a haunted mine and have a bad history, and um, and I do like the backstory about who the victims were long time ago when how they became murdered and betrayed by the other miners because of money issues, and they kind of kill this family because they want to pretty much they want to put them out pretty much and they got betrayed pretty much and then now that was the backstory of how the place got haunted and stuff so it's, it's like I really I did like backstory but the movie itself it was this a typical um haunting mind movie you know but I didn't feel like it was all that though it was it was a decent I mean it was a decent watch but it wasn't like all that like you don't have to rush to see this movie or anything. But if you are Alexia Vega, she's actually in this movie. She plays one of the young adults in this movie. Um, if you don't know who Alexia Vega is, she was the girl from Spy, Spy Kids, the sister. 
But I, I was like, I was a fan of her work. She's like super adorable, you know, so cute, you know. And I was like, you, you gotta watch it. I mean, just for her at least. And um, but anyway, you got these. So they end up going to the mine, and they all went down the mine, and still the rope burned out. So somebody cut the rope on them. So I kind of had this major nitpick. It's like, why don't you have two people up there? Make sure everybody's safe. But no, they all went down. So now they're stuck. They have to go in the mine. Sorry about the radiator. And then they would have to face whatever supernatural haunting the mind. And the vic- they're going to have victims start being destroyed. Like murdered one by one by one by, one by these evil spirits, pretty much. Um, the Better Mind is it's a decent watch. It's okay. It's not all that. But if you're a Lexi Vega fan, then I'll say, you know what, watch for that at least. Peace, guys. And see you later. Guys and gals, what's up? Today we're talking about movie 666 Salem Calling. And um, this movie's about these these people that like they go they this guy wants to hire these people to go to this haunted forest, and it has a bad history, and he wants to do it for his um, internet show, pretty much, you know, for the computer for people to watch. So they try to find out what's going on about this paranormal event that happened years ago, and also two years ago what happened to this missing family who happened to have been one of the family members have to be a famous horror writer. So, and then you find out the history about this, like a burning of a witch, and she cursed this town. And as the movie progressed, people start going to have accidents and stuff, you know, like the supernatural force will start going after them pretty much. Um, this movie was a, almost an enjoyable watch, but the problem I have with this movie is like, the narration over it is just so annoying to me. It's like, I don't need a fucking history lesson. Just give me a fucking movie to watch. Right? I don't need a narration of of, of the book of of Edgar Allan Poe. Right? I don't need that shit. If I want to read Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, I'll read fucking Edgar Allan Poe, okay? But I feel like that was the force in this movie, in my opinion. I know a lot of people are giving this a bad review, but to me, to be honest, it it was an enjoyable watch. But the only problem is it was a narration over it. It's just annoying when it goes on and off. Anyway, check this out for trying out, in my opinion. Peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals. So, that we talk about the movie Six Plots. And I think this is an Australian horror movie. But, of course, it's one of those um, movies that is like a saw rip-off, you know. And it's about these high schoolers, as usual, <laughs> partying, drinking, smoking, you know, doing drugs. And, you know, there's just kids want to be kids having fun. But later on, you find out that one of the girls woke up, her friends are missing, and she gets this mysterious phone call with this angry face emoji like. And it's and it kind of saying that there's two rules to this game like, no authorities, no parents. And when she looks at the camera, she, on the phone, she finds her friends are being buried in six different plots, you know? But the thing is, you don't know where, where they are. And the girl later find out that this is not a joke, this is like serious. When she went one of her friends from the plot stop calling her. So she's trying to figure out clues and mystery like where the where where they are with the plots. One of the girl call her dad, who has to be a police officer, and he's gonna help with the female friend that I'm trying to find her friend in, the, in these different plots to try and investigate what's going on. They try the internet been cut off, they found ways to f- do phone calls. But then there's a trap with six with these six different plots, and each of them have different traps. Like one is a bus saw, one could be um, hold out of air, 
one can be electricity, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of, lot of different type of traps for each of them. And if they fail, that will, they pretty much will die. And, um, the movie is, it's like, when you get to the ending and you start figuring out the plot and, like, what what the real plot is and who the killer is and why the killer set the, this whole thing up, um, the motive is really nothing new. You've seen it done in many horror movies before. But, um, this was a, a decent watch, you know. I mean, it's not bad, but it was just an okay watch, you know. So I say check it out anyway. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later.